the righteousness of faith. Father, you are our Lord, our Father, our God, the one in whom we trust. We come to you with humbleness of mind, asking you to teach us today your word with simplicity and understanding that we may continue to grow and develop in the application and the living of who we are in Christ Jesus, how you made us, and how we are to relate with you. We receive it with light in Jesus' name, so be it. Now, we're going to talk about the righteousness of God, which is through faith in Christ Jesus. We're going to talk about love manifesting in righteousness. Righteousness, which is your nature. Righteousness, is which is how you've been created in righteousness and in true holiness. Righteousness, which is right standing, right stepping, walking the same direction as a father in fellowship, in relationship with him. Righteousness, which is a balance. It's justice. It's like scales. And it's got equal on one side as the other. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus through faith in him. I'm speaking to believers today and I'm speaking to those that can hear the word, the ones in whom the spirit of God dwells. Now, are you listening? We're going to see here in a story, a parable of the lost son, as it's called in some Bible texts. It's Luke 15, starting with verse 11, going on through to the end of that chapter to verse 32. This is Jesus telling a parable, a story about a certain man. It's an actual certain man. It took place. This is real, but he's using it to portray something very powerful to us. So in this, I'd like us to see some things that show distinctions between humility and pride that show faith, that show submission under authority, that show father and son, that show grace and faith and love and the manifestation of righteousness and righteousness which gives us authority and gives us sonship and gives us fellowship and gives us joy and gladness of heart and thanksgiving therein. Now begin with me in verse 11. Are you ready? Got your Bible? We're looking at Luke 15 verse 11. You are interested in this, so stay tuned. This is the righteousness of God. Now it begins saying, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he, the father, divided unto them, his two sons, his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. The younger son took his inheritance. He didn't know what to do with it. He had his own ideas. He left father's house, went into the world, got under the influence of the spirit of the world and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and the lust of the eyes, and he wasted all his substance that his father had given him. Huh. Verse 14, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. Yeah, the world is in poverty. The world's 
poor. The world has a limited amount of resources. That's why that economic system is always ebbing and flowing and rising and falling and prices are inflating and people are are fighting for, for things and, and trying to get one up on one another because they see limits. But if you are like me, a created being in Christ Jesus, and you know the truth, you look around, you see abundance everywhere. Just look at a fruit tree, for, for example. I mean, there is no lack of food. There's no lack of water. There's no lack of resources in this earth. But wicked men will bind it up and keep it locked up. But here, this is an example of the world. And in that world, there was a mighty famine in that land. The curse was there. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country where there was a mighty famine. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have filled his belly with husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. No man gave to this boy this young man that took his father's goods that were given to him. No one would give to him. No one gave him anything. He was in a place where there's no love. He was in a place where there was only taking. He was in a place where he had nothing. But verse 17, And when he came to himself, when he came to himself, when he came to himself, how do you come to yourself? Remember who you are. Remember who you are in Christ Jesus. Remember how you were created. Look into the perfect law of liberty and continue looking in the Word of God like a mirror and remember who you are. Born again, child of the Most High, you're a son of the Father God, the creator of heaven and earth, and you look in the Word of truth, the Word of righteousness, the Word of faith, the Word of love, the Word of the New Covenant, you will see who you are. Come to yourself. Look at that. Let the Holy Spirit bear witness with your spirit saying, Abba, Father, reminding you and showing you who you are, what you have, what you can do. And in verse 17, he says, when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my Fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. He came to himself. He identified himself as a son. He identified himself as having a father, and he recognized even the hired servants, those that work for a wage, for pay, have more than enough food, and he's perishing with hunger in a far country, working for some guy, feeding swine. Verse 18, I will arise. Arise. Arise, believer. Arise, saint. Arise, member of the body of Christ. Arise. Let what you are who you are the very core of your nature your being your spirit man let him arise let 
her arise. Let the Son of God that you are in you, whether you're a male or a female son, let your new nature arise. Go to your Father. Commune with your Father. Stay with your Father. <laughs> Hallelujah. I trust you're tracking with me. Verse 18, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hired servants. So this is his plan. He's going to humble himself by faith and go to his father. He's going to identify him as father. He's going to call him father. He's going to humble himself and say, I'm not suitable. I'm not comparable. I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. Make me just like a hired servant. I'm a son, but make me like a hired servant. At least then I'll have bread enough and to spare. Let me work for you. Let me earn my keep. I was right with you. I left. I wasted all my goods and you gave me all that freely, but now I'm going to earn it back. I'm going to earn back just so that I can survive. Does that sound like the law? That's the essence of the law. That's the essence of the law. But we're talking about grace. We're talking about it is of faith so that it might be by grace. So the promise would be sure to all the seed. You are the seed of the father. His seed remains in you. You are a seed of Abraham if you're of faith. And those that are of faith are Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise. Now that's you. Identify with that. Come to yourself. Remember who you are. Arise. Go to your father. Go to your father. Humble yourself before him. And then verse 20. He arose. That's faith. He arose. He came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off. He just started. He just got into faith. He hadn't even done anything yet except begin to go. And his father saw him from a great way off and ran and fell on him and kissed him. I'm going to read that again. And he arose and came to his father. He was going towards his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. His father saw him coming. His father had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. He humbled himself. The son humbled himself. He confessed his son. And like 1 John 1, 9 tells us, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all right unrighteousness to remove us from all sin to take us away from that sin nature to take us away from that sin world to take us out of that dirty place here's a son of a father that went into the world and got all filthy and dirty and here's the father having compassion and bringing him back and kissing him and loving him and falling on him and hallelujah we say in verse 22, the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. You missed it. You missed it. I was speaking too fast. Verse 20 ends. He ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, 
The son said, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me a hired servant. But the father said to the servants, no sooner did the son humble himself under the mighty hand of God, under the mighty hand of his father, and the father exalted him. Hallelujah. Are you hearing 1 Peter chapter 5 in this? Humility is the way to exaltation. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. Pride brings a man low. Pride will bring a man down. Pride is what destroyed Lucifer. When pride rose up in his heart and he said, I, 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 Jesus beheld Lucifer, Satan, like lightning fall from heaven. Destruction, fall. But Jesus humbled himself, even unto death, the death of a cross. Wherefore God has also highly exalted him. Before exaltation is genuine humility by faith. This son had enough faith in his father that his father would help him at least be a servant, at least be under the law, at least be able to work and earn his keep. But the father didn't hear it. No sooner did that son humble himself to the father, the father said to the servants, bring forth the best robe. Now I'm going to add the robe of righteousness. Put it on him. Put ring on his hand. Give him some authority. Give him the signet family ring that he can buy and sell. Bring him the ring. Bring him the covenant ring. And put shoes on his feet. Everywhere he walks, he has dominion. He's walking in authority. He's walking in sonship. He's walking in righteousness with me. The father said, put some shoes on his feet and bring here the fatted calf. Kill it. Let us eat and be merry. Take an animal. Kill it. Let's have a covenant meal. Let's have a covenant meal. Why? Verse 24. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. He was dead, but he's alive again. What's death? It's separation. It's separation from the Father. Ultimately, it would be separation of our body and the spirit. But uh, normally, death is separation. When Adam died in the garden, he said, if you eat this tree, dying, you will die. Immediately, he was separated. Immediately, the covenant relationship was broken. Immediately, the fellowship was stopped. Immediately... He was hiding himself from the Father because he was afraid. But life, Jesus said, this is eternal life, knowing the Father and knowing the Son. This is the commandment from the beginning. Titus chapter 1 verse 2. He promised eternal life. First John, the entire letter, he's writing so that you can know that you have eternal life in fellowship with the Father, walking with him, in love, in communion. That's life. The son was dead. The relationship was severed. He was off going the wrong way. There's a way that seems right unto a man, that seemed right unto the son. But the end thereof is the way of death. He found himself looking to eat swine food. No good. No. But... He said, bring, he's alive, 
He's alive. He's come back. We have fellowship. The relationship is restored. He came to himself. See, the Father never left the Son. The Son left the Father. If you've sinned, if you're led into error, if you're led astray and you sever that relationship or you stop operating in that fellowship with your Father, he never did leave you. But if you leave him for a split second, for a moment, for an hour, for a day, for a week, for a month, for a year, whatever the case is, humble yourself, come back to him, say, Father, and the Father will receive you with compassion. He'll love you and he'll, he'll restore unto you your righteousness. He'll let you know that you never stopped being righteous, but you weren't acting like it. Here's how you are to act. Remember who you are and be who you are. Live like who you are. Hallelujah. But look at this. Verse 25. His elder son was in the field. Now remember, certain men had two sons, verse 11. And he divided to them his living. This elder son, he also got his inheritance. The same as the other. And this was the elder son. So possibly he had the birthright. He may have gotten more. Something to consider. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him safe and sound. He received him home safe and sound, healthy, whole, intact. When you go back to the Father, healing takes place. Peace, soundness, safety, restoration of life, fellowship. You are of the household of faith. Glory to God. I know you're hearing me. But look at this. Verse 28. He, the elder son, was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. So here's this elder son in pride. The younger son humbled himself, by faith went back to the father. The elder son, he finds this out. He's all proud and stuck up like, <gasps> he wouldn't go out. The father entreated him. The father tried to talk to him. The father tried to help him. If you ever get into pride, the father's gonna try to help you out of that. He's gonna try to get you in humility. Don't harden your heart. Stay soft and pliable before him. There may be something of pride in your life. You may not even think it is pride. But if he's telling you it is, you better get it straight. Verse 29, he answering said to his father, Look, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gave me a kid that I may make marry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed him, the fatted calf. Who's living? Devoured who's living? Wait a minute. It was an inheritance. It was his inheritance. That son devoured his inheritance. Yes, he did devour it with riotous living. But here's this elder son in pride, thinking he's got to earn the father's favor, thinking he's got to earn his inheritance, which was given unto him. This younger son, he took his inheritance, and though he wasted it, he at least took, he at least took ownership of it, that it was his. 
But this elder son, he never took ownership. He called it the father's living. He didn't say, my brother's inheritance or your son's inheritance. This elder son was in pride. He never took ownership of what he had a right to, and he thought he had to work to earn his father's favor. He says, look, father, all these years I'm serving you. Sounds like the law. I haven't transgressed at any time your commandment, and you didn't give me anything. Whoa. Now that, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. Remember, we're not under the law. We're under grace. Grace is the Father's, God's willingness to get involved in your life with his power, with his ability, with his love, with his word, with the ministering spirits, with righteousness, with the fruit of the spirit, with the gifts of the spirit, with all things that pertain to life and godliness of which you are and which you shall enjoy as you humble yourself to him so that grace can flow. Verse 31, And he said unto him, his son, You are ever with me, all that I have is thine. It was fitting that we should make merry and be glad. For this, your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. So what am I saying to you? That before you get exalted, humble yourself. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Don't take these things as cute little stories or neat little parables or something that's just, you know, that's good for them, but not me. I don't have a pride problem. Everyone deals with pride versus humility, life versus death, focusing on who you are and being uh, seduced by the spirits of the world and all the filth of the world. We live in a dirty, filthy disgusting world with rebellion and sin all around us. These days, it is so easy for those of you that watch television and worldly news and social media and are connected to all that stuff, you're plumbing it into your life every day. You're piping it in there. You're drawing and allowing. You've got the door wide open to the world. Now, Jesus said, Father, I'm not asking you to remove them from the world, but you keep them from it. Jesus knew we'd be in a dirty, filthy world. He did not say we didn't have to be in this world or that we should be secluded from the world, but we do need to be protected from the influences of this world and the filth of this world. And according to 1 John 1, 7, when we walk with the Father in fellowship with Him, when we know who we are and we live who we are and we be who we are, the blood of Jesus will keep us clean and remove us out of all that sin. It'll keep us washed. So walk your day out. But keep that word and keep that fellowship with him. Keep your heart sensitive and tuned into him. And what you will discover is things that never used to bother you before suddenly are an issue. You didn't know they were wrong. You didn't know it displeased the Father. You didn't know it was pride. You didn't know it was selfishness. And your love and your fellowship and your ability to function 
as a son with the Father will develop and grow? Your love for one another, for other people, for your family, for your only children, for your wife will develop and grow? You'll become more sensitive in your heart. You'll hear the Holy Spirit better. Revelation will alight. The Bible will no longer just be a surface read. You think it's deep. You think you're getting good things now. Oh, if you are. But whether you are or you're not, when you humble yourself to Him and you look into the Word, in His light you'll see light. It'll just get stronger and deeper and bigger and light will grow. I'm telling you, humble yourself to Him. By faith, stay with Him. Stay focused on who you are. Allow the Holy Spirit to bear witness with your spirit of who you are and what you have. He's the first fruit, the down payment of our inheritance, your inheritance. Maybe you don't even know all what your inheritance is, but as you stay with him, he'll show you. Maybe you're putting up with something you don't need to put up with. But let me assure you, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus if you are a son of God, if you are a believer, if you are a saint, if you are a Christian, if you're a member of the body of Christ. And if you are not, it's really easy. You just come to the Father in the name of Jesus. You believe in your heart that the Father God raised him from the dead and you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you make him your Lord. For with the heart man believes unto being made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You got to speak it. You got to acknowledge him as Lord. And if you do, and when you do, you will immediately be taken out of death into life. Just like this son. He was dead, but now he's alive. Let's eat, drink, and be Mary in a good, godly household of faith, fashion, not a worldly fashion. All things are pure to the pure. All things are right to the right. You're hearing me properly. I know you are. Bless you in Jesus' name. Go forth and be who you are. Remember, the righteous by faith shall live.